Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Meat and Freedom Podcast. It's your boy, Scott. And today, we are going to be talking about the seizure of First Republic Bank, as well as Tucker Carlson, which is the biggest, like, feels like the biggest news ever. At least in terms of Fox News and legacy media. But we're also going to talk about late night TV shows and the writer's strike and how that's impacting everything right now. What will your grandparents watch now that Tucker's gone and the late night TV shows are on hiatus? Let's talk about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Meat and Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, as always. And today we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I always go on these hiatuses at the show and come back and say, this is the time I'm coming back and I don't come back, yada, 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 whatever. Look, I'll make the show when I make the show. If you're subscribed, thanks. I appreciate it. You'll get a new episode as we release them. Um, As time permits. I've never said that this was my full-time job. It isn't. Obviously, I have a real life. I have a real job. This is just something I sort of do as a hobby. So thank you for listening, though. I do appreciate it. And please like, share, subscribe, do all the things, because it does help, and it motivates me to keep going. Um, a lot of times, it's that's, motivation is hard, because reading the news at all uh, in 2023 is very depressing. Uh, scrolling through Twitter is very depressing. Seeing what is happening to society as a whole is very depressing. But there is something positive that we must remember. And that is that we have faith. And that we believe that really, at the end of the day, you know, our, the, the end of this world and this life isn't the end. Uh, it's simply the beginning. So... In all honesty, like while this is all bad, I, I just keep your head up and just remember that, 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 you know, look, you, you can only do so much. Um, you can only do so much. And we, we know, you know, we know being biblical people and, uh, faithful people, we know that, that it's going to get worse, right? Like that, that is, that is absolutely going to happen. Like this isn't the sin is everywhere and it's only getting worse. And it's only going to grow. We are entering a time where I think um, it, it potentially could be the darkest time of of our lives. Um, and I was born in 19... I was born in the 80s. So, um, y- you know, take that for what it's worth. I 2008 was bad. It was pretty bad. But I was young enough that it wasn't, like, super impactful. My life was already, like, not together anyways at that point in time. So I didn't really feel much of the, the, I think I, I worked for the government at that time, actually. And, and so I didn't feel much of, much of the recession, maybe as much as other people, but, but it was certainly a bad time for America. And I just think that, that looking at the signs and where we're headed and I, I want to be optimistic for everybody in terms of that, but it's very challenging too, because we have morons in positions of power in this country. And I know we have for a long time, like that's not new. Okay. 
But it is it is shocking how stupid they are. You know, like the level of stupidity is rather shocking. Of course, if you work for a corporation or a company, you know that like stupid people find themselves in position of power. Like that's not a that it is not a requirement um, to be in a position of power uh, to be smart. Okay, maybe savvy, maybe cunning, maybe maniacal, maybe ruthless. Sure. But smart is not necessarily one of the traits. I also would like to say there are different intelligences. So like you can look at somebody like Joe Biden and you can say, what a what an idiot, you know, what a moron. And and now maybe less moron and maybe more just just sad. But at you know, Joe was was savvy enough to put himself in a position where he theoretically could have everything he wanted by being a puppet for the regime. And for, for some people that's worth more than like, you know, living a good life. Um, it just is not everybody is good, you know, um, evil exists. And and so that there are going to be evil people who, who have evil intentions and want to do evil things. There will be good people who are trapped um, within evil people's schemes and grasps, people who have good intentions but do bad things because they think they're doing the right thing. And and you can say that's based on perspective. I think in some cases it is, in some cases it isn't. There are some things that are just definitively bad, right? Like like cutting off a 13-year-old girl's breasts because she tells you that she likes to play sports or she likes to hang with the boys, probably not a good thing. And there's probably no argument that can be made by a reasonable sane person that that is a good thing, right? Like, like that is, that is a life changing decision being made at a very young age by somebody who is very impressionable and doesn't really know who they are yet. Um, arguing that these people have agency to make these decisions is interesting. Uh, interesting in the sense that I cannot think of a good reason to do so. I certainly can't think of good intentions that are behind that. Um, I think any sane adult who has ever been 13, which by the way is all of us, um, if you are an adult, you've been a 13 year old. And I think you can at least remember how stupid you were when you were 13 years old. I remember how stupid I was, how emotional, how easily manipulated I could be. I mean, for God's sakes, I supported the Iraq war when I was 17. What a stupid decision, but I did because I believed everything that came out of Bill O'Reilly's mouth because I believed everything that came from the right wing. I worshiped George W. Bush. I did. I'm willing to admit that that was a mistake. But back then, that's how I felt. You know, maybe I was just super boring back then. I don't know, but that's how I felt. And quite frankly, I felt like it was anti-establishment back then to feel that way. I look at myself in the evolution of like making this little podcast. And back when this podcast was the right wing vegan and I was first starting out, and I, I was vegan and I had my my like, how did I become right wing story? And I talk about George Bush. And now I think my story is that I'm not right wing. I'm really not like I'm not a Republican anymore. That's for sure. How could I be? 
the last like five years, really less than that, but the last like three years for sure have opened my eyes up to just how much it's all kind of fake. You know, this whole like, oh, you're supposed to disagree with the left on this because you're a conservative thing is fake. This whole war between conservatives and liberals, which by the way, what the hell do those mean in 2023? Point me out a conservative. Is Tim Pool a conservative? Is RFK Jr. a conservative? Is Tulsi Gabbard a conservative? And then what's a liberal? What does that even mean? Is it, is it liberal to, to want to shut your opposition down? To want to take them off the air? To want to ostracize people who don't get an experimental drug put in their body? Is that liberal? Because I don't think so. It sounds pretty authoritarian to me, which is the opposite of liberal, by the way. So I, I, don't, I don't quite, you know, I, I don't vibe with any of those. And the last three years has really shown me that. It's really shown me that. And like, you know, I waver on a lot of things, which is fine. That's okay. Remember when they attacked John Kerry for being a, what'd they say, a waffler? Remember that? But it's like, okay. And not that John Kerry is a good person. John Kerry is a, a gross person. But it's okay to waffle. It's okay to waver and change your opinion. Matter of fact, being malleable is like being human, right? Like you're gonna change your opinion based on new information. That's just how it's gonna be. I can support George Bush in 2004. And then in 2023, I can think that George Bush is an elitist establishment hack. And that's, that's like, fine. There's a story there. You know, that transition didn't happen overnight. That transition wasn't something that's just like, oh, you waffler, you're waffling. I'm not waffling. You know, is saying that you support the government paying off student loans, like that's a traditionally left-wing position, but that's a position that I support. I support student loan forgiveness. I, I may have said it on this show before, and I know the right wing is like, oh my gosh, how can you support that? Giving free money to these people, blah. Because I would rather give free money to these people who are American, by the way, who were, who were pr um, you know, predatorily taken advantage of by universities, by high schools, by the, by the banks. Um, they were taken advantage of. Look, look, if we argue that you're not of sound mind to make life altering decisions when you're a teenager, how are you in a sound mind to take a, a $50,000 loan out? You're not. Okay. So the same people who are arguing for one thing are arguing against the other. These people are freeloaders and should have to pay this. It is not that simple. It is not that black and white. And quite frankly, I would much rather give millions and billions of dollars to these people who are American, by the way, than just shipping it over to fight a proxy war in Ukraine so that elitist fat cats can continue to be elitist fat cats. Sorry. Um, so if you want to know, where's the money going to come from? Stop giving it to Ukraine and, and use it for that. And then there you go. And I do agree with it. I do. And I've talked to a lot of people, by the way, and if the Republicans, if the conservatives, if Lindsey Graham would be able to switch their position on this issue... Um, they would get a lot more support from people my age. Like if Trump came out tomorrow for as evil as, as they make Trump out to be. And if Trump said, look, I'm, I'm going to dismiss your student loans. Like I'm going to forgive a certain amount or I'm going to forgive all the interest, which is the most reasonable thing to do. Um, you know, I'm going to forgive all the interest and you're just going to have to pay back the principal. And that's, that's that, that's the most reasonable thing to do. But if Trump were, were, if he would come out and do that, like he would get, a lot of these like college graduates who are struggling because the, the interest rates on these things are ridiculous. Um, 
he would get a lot of those voters who would vote for him and they, they would stop caring what like, Oh, okay. You know, Elizabeth Warren says that this is uh blah, blah, blah. Well, Trump's going to do it. So I'm going to vote for Trump. I don't care what you say about him. I don't care how many fake lawsuits you throw at him and how many fake crimes you want to try him with. Like I I'm going to vote for Trump because he's going to help me out. Right. So that like, to me that that's like one of those situations where I just don't align with the right wing. And if that makes me not right wing, well, I guess I'm not right wing anymore. I like RFK Jr. I, I think he's a hell of a candidate. I, I you know, am still going to support President Trump as of now, but I certainly like the prospects of an RFK Jr. I like what he says. Uh, the, the real Anthony Fauci, the book he wrote about Anthony Fauci was phenomenal. Um, and, I, and I liked that. And I think that was a very important book. And I think he's in a very important person. Um, and I'll explain that in a later episode. But today I really want to talk about, after I spent 13 minutes monologuing on stuff you probably don't care about, I want to talk about um, the, the seizure of First Republic Bank. And the reason I want to talk about it is uh, multifaceted, but, but I'm going to try to make it very, very simple here. I apologize if you can hear my um, my clicking. This keyboard is loud. Um. Uh, what's interesting is so so overnight at 4 a.m. on Monday, the federal government seized First Republic Bank and then J.P. Morgan Chase purchased it. But what's not really clear, what's not being communicated very clearly, is that J.P. Morgan Chase used government funds to purchase First Republic Bank. Um, it was like billion. It was it was what was it billions of dollars or was it millions? Was it billions or millions? Um. Uh, I'm trying to find a news article. NBC News is an article on it here. Um, uh, the Chase is going to purchase all of its assets and deposits, but I think it comes with its liabilities as well. It was 200. Oh, okay. They have $229.1 billion in total assets. Yeah, the government, the government gave Chase a billions of dollars to make this purchase, which inevitably means, I mean, if you, you follow it, a strain of logic here. The federal government purchased First Republic Bank. They they seized it and they purchased it. And they're just sort of using Chase as like the proxy for running it, right? They can say, no, we don't we didn't purchase the bank. We didn't use taxpayer dollars to purchase this bank. JP Morgan Chase did, but the reality is they gave JP Morgan Chase a loan. And now JP Morgan Chase is running First Republic Bank. But I think this is like like knowing very little. And understanding very little about finance. This feels like a terrible thing for JP Morgan Chase. And and I, I'm someone who banks with JP Morgan Chase. So for me, this is like a little concerning, right? Like I, I don't I don't love this information. Um, but it is sort of weird. It is it is sort of weird. So I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it's kind of like in 2008, there had to have been like a moment when people realized, Oh man, like stuff's hitting the fan. And I don't know when that moment is, but I feel like we are, we are coming up on that moment here in 2013. Like I just, every time you hear about these like banks collapsing and financial news, it's never like good news. It's never good news. It's never it's never news that instills confidence that our our economic situation is improving. 
it always feels like we're just we're just falling further and further into decay and into a situation where we are going to be in legitimate trouble um soon so i i what you know what does that mean i don't know i'm not a financial expert what i would recommend and again i'm not a financial expert is talking to a financial expert and trying to discern the signals that you're seeing on the news trying to discern which one of those you should be taking seriously and what should you be doing with your money like buying gold for instance maybe a good idea i don't know um physical assets maybe a good idea i don't know you know i'm not a financial expert it's but again it's certainly another red flag that you can put on top of a lot of the other red flags that we've seen recently to indicate that we might be in more trouble than we think. Again, not a financial expert, not pretending to be. I don't have some wise sage um, information to provide you. I just think it's something that we should be paying attention to. I think it's something that we should be aware of. And I think it's something that, quite frankly, we should probably be preparing for. In whatever capacity that looks like for you. If that is stocking up ammunition, buying physical assets, buying gold, um, putting your money in the real estate market, I don't know what that means, but but I will tell you this: I will certainly, I will certainly be keeping an eye on what's going on here, um, because I'm just like a little concerned, and maybe maybe you should be too. I want to talk about Tucker. Uh, there's no new news today. Um, but there's certainly been a lot of news and information since Tucker has left Fox News. Um, Fox's ratings are in the gutter, the absolute gutter. And how could they not be? Like, you replace him with Brian Kilmeade? I mean, no offense to Brian Kilmeade, but Brian Kilmeade is not Tucker Carlson. It is sort of like my, my thoughts on it. And I'll just share those briefly before I get into the next topic because I don't want to I don't want to go forever um I'm recording this and Charlie Kirk is on and I kind of want to go listen to Charlie Kirk the but what I think is interesting and what I think is something that we should think about is why would Fox News make this decision now you've heard a thousand different reasons and it seems like they they leak and and people say things and oh you know oh Tucker you know uh, Rupert Murdoch didn't like how how his wife thought Tucker was a godsend or blah 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 whatever and yeah, okay, maybe, but but I also think that there's more to it. I, companies just don't willingly make decisions that cost them money. Um, the, one of the stories I've heard is that it was it was it was sort of de decided that Tucker's more of a liability than he is an asset, and that might be true. Like I could I could maybe see that, but at the same time, Tucker was the guy, man. Tucker was the guy. So I just find it, I find the whole thing still, even having heard the thousands of, of, um, reasons why this may have happened and people pontificating about it and, and yada, 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 even going through all that and hearing all that, like, I'm still a bit like perplexed as to why. And I can't really think in my head of a good reason, unless Rupert Murdoch just knows legacy media is dead and he's trying to cut his loss, you know, cut. But I don't think that's the case because they're like paying him to be silent. 
it's sort of hard not to look at this and think there's some sort of like shady behind the scenes reason. Cause that's what I think. And then they're releasing all this, like they're leaking all this information and it's not, it's not information that makes Tucker look bad, by the way, at least not yet. They're releasing private texts and calls and like footage of him that was recorded without him knowing it was being recorded. And they're just leaking all this stuff. And it's like, who's leaking it? Well, obviously someone at Fox news is leaking it. I think Megan Kelly's done a good job of identifying who that person is. And it makes you wonder why, like why, Part of it's probably because they're afraid that Tucker's going to just let him have it. And he probably will. Um, Tucker has been a loose cannon for Fox News. Obviously, Tucker has been one of the only honest journalists that have been on legacy media um, in the past forever. Uh, Tucker felt incredibly different than the rest of the the pundits on Fox News. You couldn't watch his show and then transition into Fox to Hannity and think that you were watching the same channel. It just never felt like the same channel. Um, on one show, you would have the, the host Tucker, uh, dismantling Lindsey Graham, absolutely making him look like the fool that he is. And then immediately after the show, you would see Lindsey Graham on, uh, on Hannity. So it's, it's just sort of like, it, it was interesting that he lasted as long as he did, but it's also interesting that Fox would make the decision to cut their, their biggest asset, uh, with really no plan to uh replace him at least with 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 you know someone who actually matters uh, no offense to brian kilmeade but i i just kilmeade doesn't have it right like kilmeade is not tucker carlson so i i i don't really know what they're doing i mean i bet their plan actually if i had to think about it their plan is probably to ultimately replace him with jesse waters uh, because they've been kind of grooming jesse waters for that that type of role which I think is fine. But I also think that Jesse Waters is not Tucker Carlson. And as for as honest as Jesse is, and I think he is, he does a pretty good job. He's not Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson has built an audience of sort of uh, conservatives and li liberals. Uh, he's built an audience of in-betweeners. And, and no one else on Fox is going to be able to cultivate that audience. It's the same thing with, um, uh, you know, like the people who, I mean, these are the same people that watch Tucker that event that watch like Tim cast, right. That watch Jimmy Dore, Like these are the people who are watching that Joe Rogan. These are the people who watch Tucker really, honestly, like, yeah, there's boomers in there because boomers love Fox news. So a lot of boomers watch Fox news. They just, they like Tucker too. But a lot of these other people who don't watch anything else on Fox never would watch anything else on Fox. They, they watch Tucker. Tucker had a bigger Democrat audience than Rachel Maddow. I mean, you can look that up. That's that's not a made up statistic. More Democrats watched Tucker than watched Maddow. And I think that's because people realized Tucker was telling the truth. Like Tucker would come on and take a very anti-war establishment. Tucker's the only pundit who would come on and talk about the proxy war in Ukraine on one show and then talk about what really happened to JFK on the next. Like Tucker was speaking about things that people actually care about. And he wasn't partisan. He didn't like Joe Biden. He doesn't like woke stuff. A lot of people don't Democrats and Republicans, but he was ideologically more centrist than anybody else really on Fox news. And people liked him for that. So good luck replacing him Fox. I, I think it was a really stupid move, quite frankly. Good for Tucker though. Tucker's going to benefit from this big time. I know there's a lot of people who, who are saying Tucker's hurt by this. I don't see how that's, that's the case at all. 
Like Tucker can spin off and do his own thing and make millions of dollars and, and reach a bigger audience, quite frankly. So I, I don't see how that's, this is, as I can't like look at this and see this as a negative for Tucker at all. Like at all. Maybe like some damaging information actually does get released. Like maybe Fox and the, the, the executives who dislike Tucker do release something that damns him a little bit. But what they've released so far is just goofy and actually in some cases makes him look better. The video of him crapping all over Fox Nation makes Tucker look better. That actually makes Tucker look better. That makes him look more relatable because anybody who's ever tried to use Fox Nation or anybody who's ever been like subscribed to Fox Nation know that it, it sucks. It just sucks. It's not a great streaming service. In the same vein as Tucker being taken off TV, um, the late night television shows, and what I mean by that is Kimmel, uh, Colbert, Seth Meyer, you know, all the freaking unfunny people who just regurgitate establishment narratives to you at night. They are on hiatus because of this writer's strike that's hitting Hollywood right now. Now, what, one interesting correlation I'm going to make here and I don't think it means anything, but it is interesting. The last writer's strike took place in 2007, 2008, which is, by the way, the last time that the economy completely obliterated. So it's possible that this is like, is this a trend? And we're seeing this writer's strike now and we're going to see the economy obliterate again. It's kind of an interesting correlation, means nothing. Um, but it's just like something I made, like a, like a connection that I made that I thought was interesting. But anyways, the writers, they want better pay. They, they have demands, you know, so they're striking. And, and because of that, these late night shows can't continue. Obviously, the hosts of these late night shows, they can't write their own material because they don't have any original thoughts. They can't think anything, you know, that they're, they're paid to puppeteer whatever they're told. I think this is a fantastic thing. I actually think Hollywood should just move on from all these writers because in all honesty, you know, how many good movies have you seen in the last like five years? You could probably put name them all on one hand. Like these writers are not even talented. They write garbage. When was the last time you watched a late night show, Colbert? Okay, that's the first question. The answer is probably not in like five years. The next question is, when was the last time you laughed at something that Stephen Colbert has said? Remember that like cringe, awkward vaccine song and dance they did? Or was that Fallon? Whoever it was. Completely unfunny. That's the type of trash that you get on these late night television shows. These writers want to strike? Good riddance. Get rid of them. Don't even bring them back. Don't even let them strike. Just fire them. They suck. I mean, ugh. So this writer's strike impacts late night shows. Um, oh no, the world is hurting because of that, right? Like, oh my gosh, the, the maybe 1 million viewers that Colbert gets are probably really sad that he's not going to be on. The same boomers who watch Sean Hannity on Fox, you know, they switch over to watch Colbert and they're going to be really upset. They're going to be really upset that they can't laugh at Donald Trump at 10 o'clock still in 2023. It's just incredible. So good riddance, bad rubbish. Let's hope this writer's strike will just last forever and these shows fade into obscurity and we can move on as a society. And you know what? While we're at it, the writers for Disney um, and this new Peter Pan and Wendy movie. Oh my gosh, what a terrible movie that what that is. Ugh yuck don't even bother watching it if you haven't the acting in that film is so bad the messaging is so bad the changes they make to the story for the sake of diversity are so bad it's awful it's just awful trash and so much of what is released in 2023 in 2022 in 2021 awful 
trash. It's always these remakes of movies that were classics that people love, but they're made 10 times worse than they were because they have to change the story because they have to preach a message to you. That's number one. That's what's most important. Diversity, 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 trans rights. Damn your story. Here's some garbage. And that's what it is. And the movies that are good, like Top Gun, are the ones that skirt all of that. You know, story first. For goodness sake. I'm going to go see Evil Dead Rise this weekend. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I hope it's not woke trash, but I'm going to go see it because I really like the Evil Dead series. Um, I am one of the rare people, by the way, who think the 2013 Evil Dead movie is better than the originals. So sue me. I know a lot of people hate that. That triggers a lot of people, but that's how I feel. I love that 2013 movie. I think it's phenomenal. Um, so if you're a horror movie, uh, you know, let me know in the comments if what I just said was blasphemous, because I think it was. But I think we're going to call the show there, folks. I want to thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'll try once again to do these more often. No promises, because I'm really bad at it. But um, I, I just don't like reading the news anymore. It's just depressing. I don't want to be depressed. I want to be happy. I want to go watch Evil Dead. I want to watch stupid movies like that. You know, stupid horror movies or stupid comedies or whatever. I want to, I want to do that. Because that's like turn your brain off. And that's that's what I like. So anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Please like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Tell your friends about the show. It's a good one. Um, and we will see you next time. Peace.